0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Oh, no. Fight Back with Libby Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. As part of last
1: Thursday's provincial budget, uh, we've learned that pharmacists will soon be able to expand the scope of their practices. This would include the assessment and treatment of known common illnesses, leading to faster, more patient-centered care, while enabling other health care providers like doctors to focus their time and attention on patients with more serious and or complex conditions. Joining me in studio is our friend, pharmacist and U of T assistant professor John Papasturgio. Welcome.
2: It's good to be here, Jay.
1: Thank you for coming in this morning. This this afternoon, I'm all confused because of the conversation around the time (laughs) change. But in fact, it is 1231. Uh, As a member of the Ontario Pharmacists Association, you've been advocating for this change for a long time.
2: Yeah, we've been waiting for this. And we're actually one of the the last provinces to have this kind of happen. It's something that's, uh, you know, been taking place in Nova Scotia, for example, for over five years now. So it's uh, pharmacists have experience uh, nationally with this. Uh, uh, it's exciting to see it come to Ontario. I think uh, uh, it's going to be great for the patients, great for the pharmacists, and really, you know, we're there, we're accessible, we're trained to do this already. Um, we might as well use those skills.
1: Well, and since we have John in studio, and since we are moving to this formula of having pharmacists more involved in assessing and prescribing, if you have a question or an issue that you would like looked at, so to speak, listen to while we're here on the radio together. Give us a call, 416-360-0740 or toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Any sort of pharmacy-related or medical issues you may have. John is obviously well-versed and is happy to take your calls here up to one o'clock. Uh, so, in terms of how it looks you mentioned Nova Scotia so give us an example of what the pharmacist is doing in a Nova Scotia pharmacy
2: yeah so it's it's actually varies province to province so if we look at the most advanced scope of practice that's actually in Alberta where the pharmacists there have full prescribing authority so if they're confident in managing a condition they'll prescribe for it and that's kind of at the one end of the spectrum that's i think ultimately where we all want to get and then you have variations of that at the, in the different provinces so if we look at in Nova Scotia they've like a formulary conditions they could prescribe for, uh, usually common ailments, things that don't need a physician. Generally, they're easy to diagnose things like pink eye, for example, sore throat, uh, uh, rashes, diaper dermatitis, things that, I mean, uh, in many cases uh, in the pharmacy, you almost feel handcuffed. Like the the patient will come in, they'll say, hey, I have pink eye. And you know, right, you have pink eye. Can I get an antibiotic? Well, no, I can't prescribe it. You got to go to the ER and so say it's eight o'clock. Now this poor patient will go, like I'm, I'm know, Michael Garrett Hospital there. So they'll walk to the hospital, they'll wait four hours, come back with the script, the exact script I would have given them, right? So right. you see how this is, you know, using resources at the hospital when you know, the docs there are busy enough. They don't need to deal with that. Um, and we could have managed it quite easily in my pharmacy. Uh, uh, this will be a situation that no longer has to happen. And I think, uh, uh, like I said, we're, we're trained to do it. So it's, it's a good thing.
1: Well, and along those lines, as, as patients, as consumers, uh, why should we feel confident in a pharmacist's ability to diagnose us? Like in terms of education versus is uh, the
2: doctor's education. So yeah, it's a good question. Uh we could start with the the education the new kind of uh, uh pharmacists are getting. They got a doctorate in pharmacy, so it's called a PharmD. They're very well trained in therapeutics and assessing conditions. You have to realize we're actually diagnosing all the time. We do it for over-the-counter products. Uh, patients will come in with symptoms uh and we're you know, we're trained to assess them. Um, if a, if a pharmacist isn't sure they're not going to be guessing be you know behind the counter if we're talking about more complicated conditions they're going to refer those off and I think that's part of our training as well to kind of be able to recognize hey this is something I know with certainty it's something we can manage uh, here in the pharmacy or this may be something more complicated more sinister let's refer it off and that's part of that educational process and they're they're really trained to do that so I think for the conditions that you're going to be seeing your pharmacist uh, for you have you should have absolutely Absolutely no worry, we should be able to manage it without any problem.
1: And today is a great day to have this discussion because tomorrow is a statutory holiday. Doctors' offices will not be open tomorrow. If you've got some sort of nagging condition that you may not be able to get to your doctor till next week, you might want to give us a call right now. Is something bothering you? Maybe John can help you out a bit. There's something over the counter you can get uh, in the interim before you see your doctor and before this completely vets itself out where doctors are actually writing prescriptions. 416. 416- Six three six zero zero seven forty or toll free seven forty four seven forty. So the health minister this morning, Christine Elliott, was talking about this very That's thing, right. uh, and she says, and you just referred to it, that it it will have a positive impact on ERs and so called hallway medicine. You agree with that? Absolutely.
2: I mean, I see it at almost every day, and, and and we definitely see it after hours. So uh, you think of my pharmacy, for example, we're open till mid. There's a pharmacist there till midnight and they're seeing patients are fielding calls. People are coming in and out. Giving us that advanced scope allows us to address these things. I almost feel bad when you're, you know, you're sending a, you know, a a mom with a, a, you know, a young kid, something that's very manageable uh, to urgent care to the ER on a Friday night. You know, the wait time is going to be, you know, six hours there. Um, And it's just adding to the workload of the physicians. I think – yeah, it's 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 something we could do. It's something we've been trying to do. We do it for a lot of uh conditions that we have options for because there's a lot of things available over the counter already and we try to manage uh uh with those medications, but having access to the prescription medications opens up to a door to a, a lot of different conditions. Think of something as uh, minor as a UTI for most women. They, they know what it is. They come in, they say I have a UTI. I've had it before. It's a UTI for sure. I don't have a serious fever or anything like that. It's a simple antibiotic and we're having there's great evidence coming out of Alberta, Nova Scotia, some of these other provinces that pharmacists have been able to have a huge impact, right? Because we're able to get the patient treated quicker. They're on that antibiotic. Their symptoms resolve before it has to escalate to something more serious. Because uh, a lot of times they wait. They don't want to go to the ER. So they're waiting two days before they get treated and it could it could get become something worse.
1: You mentioned uh, UTIs. Uh, I'm an advocate for Bladder Cancer yeah. Canada. And you know that if you see blood in your urine, not you don't wait till the second time you go immediately right. and ask your doctor uh, for a referral to see a urologist. And now is that something a pharmacist will be asked would you be asking those questions Absolutely. as well?
2: That's a great question and and generally with the uh, the minor ailment prescribing that we're seeing in other provinces there is a there is almost like a a formulary of questions that you're going to ask, right? So the pharmacists are trained, they go through almost an algorithm. Uh, they really do assess the patient. It's not a hey, you think you have a UTI, uh, here's an antibiotic. It really is about assessing the patient. Uh, you know, asking the right questions, uh, recognizing what other medications they may be on, what other chronic conditions they may have, and then choosing the most appropriate therapy. And if you feel you can't manage it, that's when you send them off. So uh, it is the assessment. And I think that's an important part of it. It's not simply handing over prescription medication. It's making sure you're doing the right thing for the patient in their current state.
1: And you mentioned children. I can remember, uh, and I grew up, uh, my children grew up very near to your pharmacy on mm-hmm. the Danforth and uh, being sort of anxious angry- Anxious if the kids had a fever or it was spiking, and you had the the clinic was only open certain hours. I mean, you just think of the convenience now of being able to come see you and get a script for amoxicillin oh, or something like that. Absolutely,
2: and I actually in my other world I do quite a bit of research, and some of my most recent work has been in point of care strep testing, and we show definitively definitively if we uh, are able to offer a strep test to a young child. Early, we get them on the right antibiotic quicker, uh, and it happens all the time. You get these patients, they come in, uh, uh, you know, a mom with a young child, at 7 o'clock, uh, sore throat. All she wants to know is if strep, if it's not strep, we'll treat it with something supportive, send them home, follow up in the next couple of days. And the technology is available now where you could do this in a pharmacy, and they're doing it in other provinces across uh, uh, Canada right now. So uh, it, this is all related. I think it comes back to the convenience, the accessibility of the pharmacist, they're well-trained. They're available. And we have that trusted relationship with our, our patients. You've got to remember, we're doing immunization in community pharmacies now. We're actually, you, you know, you're injecting patients. Right. If you can do that, you can manage some of these other common ailments.
1: Like sure. ear infections as well, right? Because yeah, they're like, very common among children. And
2: we haven't, they haven't really, uh, the government hasn't really specified how this is going to look in Ontario yet. I'm sure they're going to look at some of the models that are, you know, being offered in other provinces. I imagine based on the way the regulations are set up, here. Uh- It'll be something like the way we, you know, we handled immunization. It'll probably be uh, 13 or 14 or 20, whatever common kind of conditions that we'll be able to address specifically. So its I don't think it's going to be open to everything, but hey, if it starts that way, maybe this will be uh, kind of opening the door to full prescribing authority somewhere down the line.
1: We have some uh, patients on the line who want to speak with you. I do just want to follow up on that comment, of the consultation process. So people like yourself are going to be sitting down with representatives of the government offering... Opinion as to what you should be assessing
2: and prescribing. Absolutely, the Ontario uh, uh, Pharmacists Association I think has done a great job up to this point. They've really been the ones advocating for this over the last five or six years. I'm sure there'll be a you know some type of process where everyone sits down. Uh, I'm sure the physicians will be involved uh, as well, and they'll come up uh, you know with an agreement of what we should be offering in the pharmacy. Uh, there's a lot of possible conditions. I think I can think of a ton of them myself, but we'll we'll see where this goes. I think uh, uh, the Good point. Here is it's happened. It's coming, and uh, hopefully we can you know we could grow with this.
1: Pharmacist John Papastergio with me here. Jane for Libby. Let's get to your calls. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Don in Uxbridge. Hello. Go ahead with your
3: question. Hello. I'm on herbal seventy five mg, and sometimes now. You get a bad reading if you take a uh, high,
2: gives you a high potassium and a low sodium. Does that do that very often? Uh, you mean at the doctor's office? You're not doing that on your own. Oh, um, no, no, no. Just a blood test. A blood test, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that could happen. It could depend on if you're dehydrated or well hydrated. Uh, what you, is Don describing? Oh, there? He's, a, he's on a blood pressure medication. Okay. Yep. Uh, right. yep. He's on one. A, I think he said Irbesartan there, which is an ACE inhibitor. That's true. Uh, those medications are known to elevate your potassium a little bit. That's normal. Um, it's not a big deal. Uh, you know, with with respect to your sodium, that will vary. Generally, people uh, with high blood pressure, we want to keep them in a low sodium state because that draws water into your blood. It could elevate your blood pressure. I wouldn't worry about that at all. You could get variations in those re- readings. I think the more important reading for you, uh, uh, Dawn, is how's your blood pressure? Is the herbicide controlling it? Are you staying under your target levels? If yep. you are, yep. I wouldn't worry it's about controlling it. Yes, yeah, it anyway. if, if they're super high, your doctors can address it, but it doesn't seem like it's that way. Yeah. Now, is, the, is there a difference between brand and generic Good question. Uh you're putting me on the spot there with this <laughs> one. Uh you get different different uh you know uh, uh answers from different people. The reality is when I'm thinking about most the vast majority of chronic medications, there's absolutely no difference. Uh, uh there's uh for a generic uh medication to come to market in Ontario, it has to meet certain bioavailability criteria. Uh, uh they are good. Are there certain medications where we have very thorough, na- narrow therapeutic ranges and I worry a little bit possibly but the vast, vast majority of medications. You should have no concern with your generic.
1: Okay, Don. Okay, very good. Thank you. All the best to you. We want to get back to your calls here. John Papasturgio, our Zoomer media friend and pharmacist in the studio until one o'clock. And he's joining us today because we're having the discussion about expanding the services for pharmacists in this province. The, The Ford PCs at Queen's Park have indicated in their provincial budget that they want pharmacists to be doing assessing and prescribing of certain ailments uh you're welcome to call in with your opinions on that idea or if you have an ailment of sorts so we've got john here in the studio until the top of the hour so feel free to call 416-360-0740 toll free one 866 740 4740 let us try diane in toronto go ahead diane
3: good afternoon um my question is, uh, will all pharmacists be uh, trained? Will there, will there be a set training program for them? And also, uh, will they be insured the same way as doctors with respect to malpractice?
2: Great question, Dan. With respect to the insurance, uh, we absolutely already have that insurance. We're already providing advice to patients. So yes, we have very comprehensive uh, liability insurance, both personal insurance as pharmacists. So every pharmacist that's practicing needs their uh, own insurance. It's part of the one of the requirements to get licensed in Ontario. And then the pharmacies have umbrella insurance to cover us against all uh, these type of things as well. So yeah, definitely there. Uh, We're waiting to see what the requirements are going to be. So it's going to depend. So, um, in Alberta, for example, for full prescribing authority, uh, there's a special designation for those those pharmacists. So they need, uh, uh, they're called APA pharmacists, so they are advanced prescri- they have advanced prescribing authority. Uh, in Nova Scotia and some of the other provinces, generally you need to do some type of training, CE-type training. The reality is the pharmacists are already equipped to manage uh, this type of minor ailment or common ailment prescribing. So uh, we'll see what it is. I'm sure there will be some type of requirement. Uh, Either way, uh, they're ready to handle this.
1: How do you feel about that, Diane, going to a pharmacist uh, to be assessed and and have a prescription written for you?
2: Well, if I was going to the pharmacist that you have on your program, I would feel wonderful. (laughs) But my experience has been not only mine, but friends, ranging
3: from Etobicoke to Ajax. We've had a terrible time with pharmacists. Uh,
2: Unless you have like a prescription to fill, they'll fill the prescription and that's it. If you have a question about an over-the-counter med- medication or or anything,
1: they just don't have time. You know, like, no, go see your doctor. What about And what about that finding yeah. consistency across
2: yeah. the, bo- uh, the I'm, board? I'm disappointed to hear that. Yes. I, I've heard it before, Diane, so you're not the first person to say that. I think there is probably some variability in the quality of pharmacists. And I think the reality is pharmacy as a profession is in an evolution, right? So we're evolving from primary dispensers, which we were, if you will go back, you know, even 15 years ago, that's all really they did, uh, to now kind of a frontline healthcare provider. So uh, whenever something like that happens, you're going to get guys at one end of the spectrum and there's going to be other ones at the other that are kind of still trying to change the way they they historically operated. Uh, And we're still tied to kind of a retail business as well, which complicates it a little bit. Uh, The reality is they're going to have no choice. They're going to have to evolve the professions going that way. Um, my, my, you know, my message to Diane would be: Hey, listen, if you don't, you don't, if you don't get the service you want from your pharmacy, change pharmacists. Hmm. And there's a lot of us out there that are doing great work. We'd be happy to take you on. And and I think that's the best you could do right now. Try to find a pharmacy where you feel comfortable with your pharmacist. They should be providing all that information to you and looking beyond simply filling your prescription.
1: Does every pharmacist in the province have to belong to the Ontario Pharmacists Association?
2: No, you don't have to be. You have to, you have to be a member of uh, the uh, Ontario uh, uh, College of Pharmacists, okay. which is the kind of the regulatory body the Ontario Pharmacists Association is our advocacy body so I mean there's no requirement Uh, many of us are members obviously they're advocating on behalf of our profession but you don't absolutely have to do that.
1: Okay let's go to Joanne in Brampton. Joanne you have a question for our pharmacist? Hi there. Um, yes, my mom, uh, I'm actually calling on her behalf. Um, she's on several medications for various health issues and the most that the doctor will prescribe is for a three-month prescriptions for various things. Now, she has um, mobility issues and has a really hard time getting in to see her doctor to get the prescriptions renewed. Uh, For example, it takes her like three hours for just a quick five-minute visit with the doctor. Um, Would a pharmacist be able to renew um, her medications on a monthly basis or a three-month basis type of thing?
2: Great question. Actually, uh, Joanne, we're already able to do that, so that's already within our scope. So any patient on a chronic chronic medication, uh, something they're taking... uh, uh, all the time we're able to renew those for up to 6 months so uh we we do this on a daily basis someone's run out of their you know uh cholesterol medication pharmacists can make the decision to extend that prescription uh renew it for uh, uh up to 6 months generally we do you know 90 days at a time uh, as well but no yeah we're able to do that the challenge here is going to be it seems like uh uh, your your mom's physician is doing that maybe for some reason, and we could get into a little uh, issue uh, with the turf there. Uh, the pharmacist, I'm sure, would be able to do it once or twice. Uh, being able to do it all the time might be a challenge. But I see your problem there. Uh, uh, you know, we're convenient. We're accessible. You can get into us pretty easy. You can do it over the phone. Uh, getting into your physician is sometimes a challenge. All
1: right. Okay. Thank okay, you, Joanne. She's always been told she has to go see the
2: doctor. Yeah, we could and that's do it, about well, to change. Yeah, yeah. We could, Depending on the medications, we could probably be able to help you out a little bit there for sure.
1: Okay. All the best, Joanne. And to your mom. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for calling. Let's go to Bob in North York. Hi, Bob. You're here with Jane and John, our pharmacist. Go ahead.
3: Hello. Good afternoon. Um uh, Actually, the the last two callers have uh, hit right on what I wanted to discuss uh, uh, with Joanne, the last caller. Uh, I, for example, have been on or um, uh, ChampEx uh, to quit smoking. Uh, The doctor would only prescribe 30 days at a time. I would run out, uh, go to the pharmacist. They wouldn't renew the prescription so that I could continue my non-smoking treatment I had to go to the doctor, uh, make an appointment, uh, travel two hours to go see him uh, to get a refill. By then, of course, it had been a week, and I'm right back to smoking (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. because the pharmacist uh, declined uh, to uh, have anything to do with that uh, refill. That would be wonderful. Number two, uh, I'm seeing long lineups at the pharmacy. Uh, The one I go to now is uh, probably the major pharmacy in Canada, Uh, not to name names. Uh, The assistance there is uh, deplorable. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when all these people uh, get in lineup. Uh, What? what fixes do you see around that? All right,
2: let's start first with the yeah, Champax. Bob, you're killing me with your Champax uh, example yeah. there because pharmacists, uh, we actually have prescribing authority already for like one drug, Champex. Like we're able to do Champex and Zyban. We were able to do that for years. So irregardless of what the physician wanted to do, pharmacists could prescribe that. And that was something uh, uh, the ministry put in place a few years back uh, uh, to help people with your problems so you wouldn't relapse into smoking. And uh, when I hear a story like that, it just it just really depresses me on air. Yeah. Would, would, uh,
1: would some pharmacists not be aware of that? That no, seems hard I mean, to believe.
2: No, I don't. I, I, when I hear that, I can't even, I don't know. Right why that's happening. I mean right. you could walk into my pharmacy and they would do that for you in a second. It's not a you know, it's uh, uh it's within our scope of practice. I mean, irregardless regardless if you're I mean, we could we could initiate you on Champix without your physician knowing. So that's no I mean it's no problem. So when I hear that uh it, it disappoints me a little bit. Uh with respect to the wait times, we're going to have to evolve the way we manage uh, the pharmacy business and we're already starting. I think uh centralization and automation of the dispensing process has already begun so at choppers I mean you could almost do everything from the app now I urge people to use it if you're just getting your prescriptions refilled you don't have to come into the pharmacy download the app you can see your whole profile pick and choose what you want shoot it over and you're not waiting when you come in it's ready to go We could even deliver it to you uh,
1: how does the app know which pharmacy you go to you put well, that you in put there. that all okay, in, right? okay. So, yeah so we're oh that's we're, great I didn't even know yeah, such a thing existed know. yeah okay. so we're
2: setting we're setting uh, this up already and uh, we're, uh, we're enrolling at, at Shoppers. We're enrolling every, as many people as we can on this digital platform because it makes the wait times way less. You do everything uh, proactively. If you're going to walk into a pharmacy and wait for your chronic medications, there may be a wait time. It's very unpredictable because we're doing a lot of different things. You're yes. immunizing patients now. You're going to be doing these uh, minor ailments. Uh, obviously, if you're waiting for an acute care script that's an antibiotic for a kid or something like that, we're going to expedite it. We know. I mean, uh, we're going to shoot it out fast. But, uh, my advice is. Don't go in and wait for 12 chronic meds. Call in. Just call us or use the app or do whatever it will be uh, ready for you when it comes in uh, because we will be busy doing other things. We will adjust. I, I'm sure we'll adjust the way we manage staffing as well. If you come to my pharmacist, pharmacy right now, I already have a clinical pharmacist on that's doing all this other non-dispensing stuff. So uh, Wilson's there right now. He's seeing patients. He actually makes appointments. We do things like genetic testing and a bunch of other stuff as well. But uh, uh, so we have someone there uh, dedicated to the clinical services. That's not going to be every pharmacy that you walk into right, right now. But, hey, the day may uh, come uh, where it's there. But uh, the one thing I'm learning here is there's people going to pharmacies that are not happy. And I'm not sure why they're staying there, you know. If
1: sure. Go to, to one of your three on the Danforth. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we're open for business if <laughs> yeah. you want to
2: come visit us.
1: But it's a business accept, like anywhere else, yeah, right? Don't yes. Don't
2: accept poor healthcare service. I think that's, uh, you know, and I'm not saying we're perfect all the time. But we try to manage some of these patient expectations, and I think uh, I think there's enough pharmacies out there that you should find a good pharmacist just like you want a good doctor.
1: All right. Uh, we have two minutes left, John, so we have to do a, a quick question yeah. and a quick assessment for Mike in Mississauga. Go ahead. Mike, are you still there? I think Mike left us. I see we had so many callers. Yes. <laughs> they were all waiting yes, in line. Uh, I guess as we wrap up this segment, it, we talk about the evolution of pharmacy, the evolution of healthcare. Uh, whether you agree with the Ford PC's philosophies and, and the way they're they're operating, certainly you have to agree with the idea of evolution, that Absolutely. things need to change uh, in order to uh, quickly assess and, and prescribe and treat people. Absolutely. I
2: think people want to get... Uh, you know, help quicker. They want, you know, their issues resolved faster in this historical kind of way of, Waiting constantly for service. I think that's got to change. And uh, it's being driven by the patients. They're demanding this type of access to care. And I think we've got well-trained healthcare providers that are, are you know, eager, especially the new grads. They're like eager to do this type of work. Let's let them do it and take the load off the dock so they can focus on the more, you know. So they quantity.
1: enjoy that. They enjoy the diagnosing oh, part they, of yeah, it.
2: They don't want to dispense. My new, like the new grads, they're not trained to dispense. Like uh, robots do that now, right. right? So they've been trained as primary health care providers providers. They want to come to work and be able to help patients and improve patient outcomes. And I think that's what we're going to see in community pharmacies. All that other stuff that you're seeing, next five years it's going to be gone. Dispense is going to be totally automated. It's a, a thing of the past, I think.
1: John, you'll come back and talk to us next time we talk Absolutely. something to do with pharmacy. For it's sure. always a pleasure to yeah. see you. Thanks for having happy me. Easter this weekend and happy Easter next yeah, same weekend. To you. Yeah. Thank you. John Papastergio, our Zoomer media friend and pharmacies
0: also a professor at the University of Toronto.